Hello there, this is Jess O'Reilly of Sex with Dr. Jess, your friendly neighborhood sexologist. And I am here as usual to help you to cultivate, to create sexual compatibility because it is essential to a lasting happy relationship. And of course, compatibility is not something you find, it is something you build. And today I am very excited because we are gonna be talking about a topic that is, you know, a little bit new to me. So I have some rudimentary knowledge, but I have an expert with me who is going to teach us all about water sports. And not water sports you play with a ball. Well, I guess they'd be some balls, perhaps, if you're unlucky, I don't know. Not the type you play with the balls and the nets and the water guns, but urine play, pee play. So it's my distinct pleasure to welcome Luna Matata's best guest name ever <laughs> and uh luna is a toronto-based sex educator and i saw that recently luna you were facilitating a workshop at good for her all about pee play tell me how did that go it was such a fantastically fun workshop because people are, are really nervous around pee play, but they're also really excited about it. And so there's lots of questions around how do I do this safely or how do I talk to my partner about it and um, exploring the creativity that's possible with any type of, of kinky play was the, the main point of the discussion. Okay, cool. Well, let's get back to basics, if you can call those basics. Why are some people turned on by pee in the bedroom? How did pee get, you know, moved from the toilet to, to the sex lair? <laughs> it took the sexy train to the bedroom. So <laughs> um, pee play sort of um, opens up a, a variety of, of sensation play that, that people can get turned on by. And so sometimes we have a hard time wrapping our head around why you would find something erotic or, or sexy or sensual that we've been told through sanitation and, and all kinds of evolution and, and hygiene that it's, it's something that remains private and it remains in the bathroom. And it's more about bringing an erotic context to um, something that's seen as, as non-sexy and bringing it into your um, regular sex play. So all the kinds of things that would turn you on in the bedroom um, around kissing or touching or uh, maybe you're into domination or submission. Pee play is something that you can add into that. It doesn't have to be something that's, that's completely separate. So a lot of people are into um, the sensations of, of pee play that come from the wetness. Uh, people like the warmth of it. People like the idea of watching pee play. Lots of people like the taste of, of pee play or ingesting their, their partner's pee because it's coming directly from their body. So hang on, hang on. I got to stop you there. What, sure. what does pee taste like? <laughs> that is a really good question. So <laughs> sometimes pee can be very, very mild. So depending on, on what fluids have been in your body or um, particularly your salt or your sugar intake for, for that day can really alter the taste of your pee. Um, so uh, if you drink, there's a rumor around drinking pineapple juice that, that would make your pee taste sweeter. And it can affect the, the taste of your pee and in, in adding um, a little bit of, of sweetness to it, but it really is about having um, a lot of water content if you want a milder taste of pee. That's exactly what I was thinking. Cause you know, when you go pee, sometimes it's quite clear. And then you've had a day where maybe you drank too much booze and ate too many chicken wings and it's a little bit darker. 
Yeah, exactly. But some people are into that darkness. Some people are into the intensification of the pee because they feel it's an intensification of whatever's coming out of their, their partner's body. Okay. Um, I remember when I was, when I was young, I, I, I had some pee in my mouth and it was more of an accident. Uh, it was an oral sex kind of mishap. <laughs> um, and I remember it didn't really taste like much. That's how I would describe it. I, I think it tastes, um, it's, I think it sort of tastes like a watered down version of, of black coffee. I don't, I feel there's a slight bitterness to it when someone's drank a lot of, excuse me, a lot of water. Um, there, there is a, a it's not going to taste like water, but there's a distinct, um, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, but I guess bitter would be, would be the, the best word to describe it. Well, that's interesting because then maybe you, if you took it a bit deeper in your throat, you wouldn't taste as much because it would pass the, I mean, if it's not on the bitter part of the tongue, maybe you would uh, bypass those taste buds. Well, okay, so we've talked a lot about the taste. Probably some people are squirming a little. And I think what we want to do is always remind people not to yuck someone else's yum. And if you're into this, that's really cool. And if you're not into it, that's okay too. So just... There's no judgment from any side of the many sexual fences, but we should talk about the safety and health elements. So is it okay to ingest pee? And let's also remind everyone that pee play doesn't have to involve drinking it, right? It could just land on your body. It could be something you smear. It could be something you spray from across the room if you have the anatomy to do so. So let's talk about the safety and health components. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It doesn't have to be something that you drink. Um, that's usually where the, the yuck factor comes in. Um, but urine is sterile, which means it's, it's bacteria free. So in a healthy person, their urine is um, posing very little risk to you. However, because of the pathway of pee coming out of our body through the urethra, it can pick up any other bacteria that happens to be in the urethra, including bacterial uh, sexually transmitted infections like chlamydia or gonorrhea. So the risk is there because we're ingesting someone's um, bodily fluids, uh, but it's a lower risk than many other activities that we might play with, including fluids. Yeah, and for instance, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but HIV is not transmitted through urine. No, it's not. The concentration would be uh, far too low in things like urine or, or saliva to be able to uh, transmit infection. And then other conditions need to be in place around having a, um, an opening in the membrane of your mouth or your throat or your stomach. So it really depends on the health of, of both people, but it's a, it's a very low risk in terms of fluids. Right. So we'll, we'll just remind people just to, to super clarify that some bacteria can be transmitted, but HIV, for instance, is not transmitted through urine or saliva because the viral count load is too low. Exactly. But you're still at risk for other STIs. But I mean, I mean, there's bodily fluids in almost every sexual activity, right? And of course, there are mechanisms we can use to reduce our risk of transmission. So what would some of those mechanisms or contraceptive or, you know, barrier methods, sorry, be to reduce risk of transmission of bacterial infection when you're playing yeah. with pee. When you're playing with pee. So <laughs> you can absolutely avoid ingesting it and that would reduce your risk to, to almost nothing. So you can uh, wear pee, you can pee um, during sex, you can pee um, you know, in, uh, around the things that you're having sex with. Some people like to pee on sex toys and, and watch that. Um, so there's lots of watching, wearing, doing things that you can uh, play with that don't involve taking it into your body. And so reducing that ability to contract anything. 
Okay, cool. Now, I think a lot of people like the idea of pee in the bedroom. Beyond watching and wearing, the idea that I've lost control. I think a lot of partners are turned on by, oh my gosh, I'm going to pee, I'm going to pee. And it's the idea that I am so enthralled in this experience that I just can't help it. I'm going to piss myself. Do you hear a lot of that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like the losing control and doing something naughty. So letting go of, of this uh, control that we've been taught ever since we were potty trained to not pee the bed, to not pee in front of other people, that can be really arousing for, for someone who wants to play with pee. What I want to know is in, in my neighborhood, I see people peeing all the time down downtown in Toronto. Where do these guys like get lost on the being taught not to pee in front of people. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Their parents missed that part, right? They did. They're like, hey, this is my bush. You're the king of the jungle. <laughs> okay, okay. There's one bush in the neighborhood. It's a cement jungle. I know. And it's important to realize those people are not our pee play friends. <laughs> we don't yeah. run around being turned on by toilets everywhere. <laughs> exactly. The bottom line is consent. So, so what if you, you think you want to do this, but you feel shy, you feel a little bit weird? Uh, like, What is the first step over the pee play fence? I, for, you know, and I can speak to my own experience. The first step for me was really um, exploring why I was into this. So the, the thing that we're doing, whatever the kink is, banking or peeing, or even if it's something um, considered more normal, like kissing, whatever the flavor or the theme behind uh, that thing is, uh -huh. can make us feel, <laughs> yeah, flavor, I know. There's going to be lots of puns. <laughs> um, that becomes the thing that really turns us on, that brings us the pleasure. And so with pee play, I had to figure out, well, am I turned in on by this because it's something around submission or domination or because I like the sensation? And then once I figured that out, then I could um, speak to my partners about it and, and talk about fantasies and give them something to um, respond to with my pleasure. Because a lot of partners are into giving pleasure and then riding the waves of, of your pleasure. So I'm giving my partners information on how to connect with me through this uh, particular kink, even if they're not really into it or if they don't understand it. Okay, so it's really about the feeling and the connection and not necessarily the urine itself. The urine is just kind of the, the conduit through which you feel the heat or the submission or the taboo. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And exactly what you said about co-creating pleasure with your partner and being able to support each other's um, pleasure through empathy and, and trying to figure out, well, is this something that is a hard limit, a no-go, makes me feel unsafe? Or is it something that is, well, I don't really get it and I don't understand why it's sexy and it's kind of gross. Is that something that you can over um, or work through or, or navigate through by by making it sexy. Um, so when my partner first wanted me to um, drink his, his urine, I had to figure out, okay, well, I'm not into this. And so I actually masturbated thinking about it. And so you're bringing arousal to something that you weren't necessarily aroused by into a place where you feel comfortable and safe to explore that. Right. So you created that association by associating that thought with your orgasm or pleasure. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. All right. I, I don't know about this. Okay. I, I'm thinking that some people are ready to go and some people are thinking, no way. I actually find pee gross. And it is okay to find things to be a turnoff, correct? Absolutely. And, and I think approaching it with, um, I'm not really into that or I don't get that rather than the reaction of it's gross um, can really support empathy for all of us getting the kind of pleasure that we want to have without shame. Okay, I love that. Yeah, we do need to remove the shame element, even if you feel a little squeamish around this. So what if your partner is into this, you honestly don't like pee, 
how do we find a compromise? Because we want to be really clear that you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, but you also want to make some effort to meet your partner's needs. There must be some middle ground. Absolutely. I call it the P continuum. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> there's, there's a whole bunch of um, range of things that you can do. So I, I sometimes suggest to couples that they remove some of their uh, barrier to P and intimacy by integrating intimacy into their, their washroom habits. So for example, maybe holding his penis while he's peeing and touching each other, or while you're sitting on the toilet, maybe kissing or, or touching. And that can reduce some of the pee shyness too. So you may want to do it, but you can't pee because we don't pee in front of other people. Um, and then there's things like, you know, peeing on each other in the shower or peeing on each other um, over in a bathtub where there, there isn't an, a necessarily a, a pressure to clean up right away. There isn't the, um, you know, not, we're not peeing in the bed. We're not making a huge mess. Um, and then also even dirty talking about it, dirty talking about yeah. um, how it would feel like to, to experience, you know, what's coming from inside your, your body. Maybe it's an erotic ritual. Maybe it's receiving goddess nectar or something like that. So kind of ah, getting into goddess nectar, part, right? <laughs> I didn't know I had goddess nectar up in here. You do. You probably have a lot. It's the morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, what about baby steps? Like for instance, using saran wrap or peeing over latex clothing. Because if you've ever worn latex clothing or been in one of those latex chambers, you know that one of the coolest sensations, well, I guess hottest sensations, is the sensation of temperature play, right? Roll, pouring hot water, cool water over those barriers can feel really hot. That is such a great idea. That's so creative and, and working it into something that we already see as really sexy. I mean, latex looks hot. Um, yeah, that's definitely one way to do it. Another one is, is peeing into a glass and maybe showing your partner or letting them smell it or stick their finger in it, um, reducing some of those barriers around the taste, the touch, and, and the feel of it. You know, I really love that because if, so let's say my partner's really into golden showers and I, I'm really not into it, but peeing into a cup is no big deal. I've had to do it many a time for all of my many drug tests. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> all of my medical tests. Well, that would be fine too for all of my medical tests. And letting him have that cup of water, that cup of water, that cup of pee and do what he may with it, uh, really, I think all I have to let go of is the shame and the judgment right? Yes. I don't really have to do anything. I don't even have to be a part of the experience if it's just a visual or, or tactile experience for him. And I also want to remind people that many a times during sex play, y'all have probably peed and not even noticed. Absolutely. Right? We, we hear women saying when they feel pressure on their G-spot because that G-area is sandwiched between the bladder and the interior vaginal wall, it feels like they're going to pee. And we have research showing, and I should probably do a podcast on this, that it is in fact not pee. But we also have a small-scale study with people who ejaculate, women who ejaculate more voluminously. Uh, we do find, they do find that it's coming from the bladder, so there could be traces of urine in it, and it's just not the end of the world. Absolutely. 
absolutely. It's just fluids. It's it's more of our our mind around it. I mean, it's it's pretty safe and low risk. And you know, if it's something that can bring your partner excitement and and pleasure, I really get off on watching someone have that kind of pleasure. So the even within something like massage, if the massage is being given, then the person giving it gets to experience a different kind of pleasure than the person receiving it. So I kind of think about that with fetishes that or kinks that I'm not necessarily into for my own sexuality, but I'm into my partner's pleasure. Right. Okay. Now I, I do want to talk a little bit about degradation and humiliation because for some people who are into pee play, these kinky elements are a part of it. Not for everyone. For some people, it's as simple like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pee, I'm going to pee, I'm going to pee, and then you pee a tiny bit and nobody even knows, <laughs> but it's just the, the saying of and the excitement and the anticipation. But for some people, it is, you know, perhaps associated with degradation, humiliation. So I think we should briefly touch on how it is okay to enjoy the feelings of humiliation and degradation within the context of a safe, loving sexual relationship. It doesn't mean that you actually want to humiliate them. It is a consensual experience. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you put it really beautifully that it, it is something that is is sensual and, and cre can create eroticism even within a, a humiliation and, and degradation type of play. Um, and I think of humiliation and, and degradation as role play within an agreed set of, of boundaries. So we're taking all these feelings and emotions that are uncomfortable out outside of this sexy context and putting some safeguards around it so that we can feel free to experience these kinds of things that are, are difficult outside. So, I mean, walking around on the street, I don't want to be humiliated or degrade someone, but in a context where someone um, wants to experience that kind of freedom or go into that type of headspace, then it's, it's super hot. Um, so people uh, can experience the, the humiliation part of it through things like being peed in or peed on, um, but also through uh, not being allowed to pee so that anticipation yes. yeah that that pee denial and and you know I'm wiggling in my seat just uh, thinking about it but not being allowed to go so someone else controlling your your bodily function can be really humiliating um, and also ingesting someone's waste so we're we're taking something that's straight from you know the tap in air quotes out of uh, mm -hmm. uh, someone else's body and uh, and Thank then God not all taps look like that <laughs> no. although I bet you that could be a thing in world, somewhere in the world World, there are penis taps. And I bet there are. <laughs> yeah. Actually, even the fountains, sometimes they have, you know, those old kind of Victorian fountains with the little boys and it's coming out of what they, they remove the penis because God forbid we see a penis. You see a penis, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's but, so true. Yeah. We need some vulva statues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and I, again, I want to emphasize that degradation and humiliation play, which is a whole other topic in and of itself, is can be perfectly healthy in a safe, sane, consensual relationship. Having said that, not all pee play is about degradation or humiliation or submission. Sometimes it can just be about the pure sensation. So sometimes there's a really, I think, heavy emotional attachment to pee play. And sometimes it's just the physical sensation. Absolutely. Absolutely. It can be about role-playing and, and getting creative through all of those different angles. I think of it sort of as a, a kaleidoscope. You know, it's the same things that, that we're into and the same people that we are, but we've just shifted the way that our perspective uh, looks to find a bit more sexiness in life. All right. And if I, there are some listeners who are still thinking, oh my gosh, this is just 
too weird. What, what are your closing words to them? <laughs> my, my closing words are really around empathy. I think being able to figure out what makes us really uncomfortable about it and unpack that, it is about shifting our mind into a more erotic space. And, and the same thing goes for any other kind of um, sexual play that we may be curious about, but not completely a hard limit against it. Um, and finding out how we can unpack all the things that we've been taught about pleasure, that it's just about the thing and it's about, you know, orgasm and genital play, that we can have so much more expansive pleasure play if we open up ourselves to eroticizing some of these things that we're curious about. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. This is Luna Matadas with me today. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? Because I'm following you and you're teaching a whole bunch of workshops far beyond P-Play. I don't think this is necessarily your sole specialty. So tell us where we can find you and follow you and double tap your photos. <laughs> Absolutely. So on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, I'm Luna Matadas, or you can go to lunamatadas.com. On FetLife, I'm Something Shiny, which is our uh, Facebook for kinksters, basically. And um, I'll actually be teaching this Friday at uh, Oasis, and I'm doing a, a cunnilingus workshop, so you can be uh, eating like a champ. And, <laughs> and I'm teaching a non-sexual submission and domination class at uh, Good For Her at the end of the month, and a butt play class at the Nookie uh, next week. Wow, okay, so you're really covering the entire body. Yes, I want all the things. If there's another way for me to be turned on, I want it. <laughs> Wonderful, well, thank you so much. I think this has been very, very enlightening and informative for, for my listeners. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Dr. Jess. Thank you. So, folks, this has been a really interesting topic for me. I certainly learned a lot. I love listening to Luna talk, and um, I'm gonna leave you with some closing thoughts, kind of summing up some of Luna's advice and adding my own. The first and foremost when it comes to pee play is that remember if you want to play with pee, you start with things that are lower risk, I think emotionally and in terms of vulnerability. So it's not as though your partner says, I'm into pee play and you have to stand over them and pee on their face. You can do something that feels safer. Do what you're already doing. If it's intercourse, if it's oral, so you, you can be lying down and just pee a tiny little bit and say, oh, I peed. You don't have to let them look at it or smell it or taste it to begin with. So that's number one. You're going to add this in baby steps. And please do not believe that the way pee play is portrayed in porn is what you have to do. Because in porn, they like to take everything and jack it up a level and make it more visual. But maybe this is something you don't even let your partner watch. Maybe it's just something you feel. Secondly, I love the advice around dirty talk. It may be that you don't actually ever want to experiment with pee play. You just play with the talk. Because I always feel that the dirty talk can be like 80% of any experience. So you can talk about a threesome or talk about pee play or talk about whips and chains and the talk can bring you at least 80% of the pleasure as the real thing. And in some cases, it's actually hotter to talk because everything goes perfectly in talk and in real life, sometimes things go awry. Next, pick your location. I think the shower is probably a really great place to start where maybe you're just kissing in the shower and you let it run down your leg if that's what you're into or your partner's into. I also think a very important piece of takeaway advice here is with any fantasy. So if you're totally not into people, you can still learn something from this. With any fantasy, if you want to bring it to life, you've got to find the underlying theme, the thematic emotion, so, or the thematic feeling, 
what is it that turns you on? Is it just the heat of the pee? Is it the feeling of submission? Is it the feeling of being naughty? Make it about the feeling and not the act or the fetish or the behavior itself. And I think it's easier to talk to your partner and your partner will be more receptive. So find the theme, the attached feeling. And I was thinking that maybe as a baby step, you just play with warm water in the bedroom, right? So, and you can just use warm water and pretend that it's pee. Not everything has to be real life if you're not into it. And if you're into it, you guys are already ahead of us. So don't even worry. And I just want to remind everyone that discomfort plus safety and security. So doing something you're uncomfortable with in the confines of a relationship in which you feel safe is the recipe for an ultimate sexual experience for the hottest sexual experience ever so if something makes you uncomfortable oh dear you are on the right track if you're like yeah that's easy yeah do that anytime that's cool it might feel good but in terms of igniting those passion chemicals and awakening the parts of your brain that really light up and get most excited during sex it is the subjects, the behaviors, and the elements that make you most uncomfortable that are your secret sauce, all right? So lean into the discomfort. Don't run from it. And I really liked how Luna was taking us on this journey toward empathy because this takes us back full circle to sexual compatibility and being open to your partner's experience, open to your partner's desires, not doing everything they want, but just being open and showing support is a core element of cultivating sexual compatibility. So even if pee play is not on your radar, I think there's a lot of important takeaways here. I have to run. I will talk to you all next week. Please leave us comments, questions. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Sex with Dr. Jess. Until next time.